Last two weeks, I learned Vicky released a powerful word. In fact, I, I listened to the word myself, and, and it was such a blessing. If you've not heard the word, I want you to go to our podcast site and then listen to the word over again. And, and the whole month of July, we're dealing with praise. And today, I want to do something that wraps up the whole concept of praising God and honoring God and adoring God and blessing God. And God willing, next week, I'm going to start a new series that I trust will be a blessing to us. But as we grow in our walk with God, it is very important to come to the place where nothing matters to you than God. And today, rightly sang the word, you are all that matters. I don't know how many of you really made that word a personal word, that Lord, you are all that matters. But as you grow in your walk with God, as we continue to serve God, as we continue in this faith, it is very important that you come to a place in your life where nothing and no one else matters but God. It doesn't mean that you don't care about your family. It doesn't mean you don't care about your husband or your wife. It doesn't mean you don't care about your house. It doesn't mean you don't care about your business. But it means that when it comes to God, God is more important than anything else and anyone else in your life. Isn't it interesting how some of us pray and tell God that, God, I need a husband. God, I need a husband. God, I want to marry. And God gives you the husband. And then all of a sudden, the husband becomes more important than God. And some of, us, some of us pray, God, I need a child. God, I need a child. God, I need a child. God gives us children, and the children become more important than God. Some of us pray, God, I need a breakthrough for my business. And God opens doors and the business. And then when pastor calls you, why aren't you coming to church? Pastor, nowadays, the, work, the way the work is going, you wait. When I'm settled, I will come. And some of us pray, the Lord, I need a job. Oh, I need a promotion in my job. And God opens the door and that thing becomes more important in your life than God. And worst of it is when we feel more important when we come in the presence of God. And to, today I pray that God will speak to us. Amen. And so I'm going to speak on what I've titled More Undignified. More Undignified. Because one of the things that we need to put away when we are working with God and when we are growing in our work with God and when we want to see God at work in our lives is to put away our dignity. And I know some of you will be talking about, wow, put away my dignity. Because earlier this year, I talked about the fact that you need to live a dignified life. But, but you've got to come to a place in your life where no matter the dignity you have in life, when it comes to God, you put away what? Your dignity. Today, too many people are prim and proper in church for God. When it comes to God, we feel like we are the same businessmen out there when we are in the presence of God. We feel like we are the same professors out there when we are in the presence of God. We feel like we are the same this out there when we are in the presence of God. But you've got to learn how to put away your dignity when it comes to God. And I want us to read a text in Samuel, 2 Samuel chapter 6. 2 Samuel chapter 6 verse 12 to 23. It is quite a lengthy passage, but the context is very important. So I'll read this very lengthy passage. Second Samuel chapter 6, verse 12 to 23. The Bible says, Now it was told King David, saying, The Lord has blessed the house of Obed-Edom and all that belongs to him because of the ark of God. So David went and brought up the ark of God from the house of Obed-Edom to the city of David with gladness. 
And so it was when those bearing the ark of the Lord had gone six paces that he sacrificed oxen and fatted sheep. And, and so that's what David did. Every six paces, David would offer an offering unto God. Then David danced before the Lord with all his might. And David was wearing a leaning effort. So David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting and with the sound of the trumpet. Now as the ark of the Lord came into the city of David, Michal, Saul's, Saul's daughter, looked through a window and saw King David leaping and whirling before the Lord. And she despised him in her heart. So they brought the ark of the Lord and set it in its place in the midst of the tabernacle that David had erected for it. Then David offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before the Lord. And when David had finished offering burnt offerings and peace offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord of hosts. Then he distributed among all the people, among the whole multitude of Israel, both the women and the men, to everyone a loaf of bread, a piece of meat, and a cake of raisins. So all the people departed, everyone to his house. The Israelites were really chilling. I mean, after, after everything, David gave all of them food to go home. But look at something. The Bible said, Then David returned to bless his household, and Michal, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet David and said, How glorious was the king of Israel today, uncovering himself today in the eyes of the maids of his servants, and as one of the base fellows shamelessly uncovers himself. So David said to Michal, It was before the Lord who chose me instead of your father and all his house, to appoint me ruler over the people of the Lord, over Israel. Therefore, I will play music before the Lord. The old King James says, therefore, I will play before the Lord. And I will be even more undignified than this and will be humble in my own sight. But as for the maid servants of whom you have spoken, by them I will be held in honor. Therefore, Michal, the daughter of Saul, had no children to the day of her death. Hallelujah. That's a very interesting passage. In fact, when I read this passage, there are so many lessons that you can pick when it, when it comes to our work with God, when it comes to our relationship with God. But I want to narrow it to the focus for this morning. But I want to take a little background to this story so that you can understand what was actually happening. So David had become the king of Israel and he wanted to establish a kingdom that was God-centered. David loved God so much that when he became a king, he wanted a kingdom that would also love God. He wanted a kingdom that will focus on God, a kingdom that will worship God, a kingdom that will have the presence of God. So the Bible says that he wanted the ark of God's covenant or the ark of the covenant, which was a symbol of God's presence. He wanted it to be brought into Israel because the Bible says that for, for the whole time that Saul had become king, they never consulted the Ark of the Covenant. And Saul was king for 40 years. Can you imagine? And before Saul, the Philistines had actually captured the Ark of the Covenant for seven years and, and God judged them. So, so you can imagine that Israel had been without the symbol of God's presence for possibly over 50 years. And no one really cared about it. But David had a heart for God. He wanted the nation of Israel to be established in God. So he said, we've got to bring the Ark of the Covenant back into Israel. Now, when David wanted to bring the Ark of the Covenant, what he did was that he, he got some people and said, let's bring the Ark of the Covenant. But 
David did not know how they were supposed to bring the Ark of the Covenant. Remember, for more than 50 years, the people of Israel had not consulted the Ark of the Covenant. And David was younger than 50 years. And, 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 and so, at this point in time in David's life, he, he doesn't even know how to bring in the Ark. That represents the symbol of the presence of God. And so, the people are bringing the Ark and then, all of a sudden, it's about to fall, and one man called Uzzah stretched his hand to support the ark, and God killed him. And David got angry. Like, God, why do you kill this person? After all, isn't it because of your presence? So do you know what? The, the Bible says that David sent the ark to a certain man called Obededom. That is where we are now in reading this passage. And when the ark of the covenant went into Obededom's house, the house of Obedidim, the Bible says, they prospered for three months that the Ark of the Covenant was there. In other words, the same Ark that killed someone, that same Ark was a blessing to another person because Obedidim knew how to honor the presence of God. And so, when you learn to know how to honor the presence of God, the presence of God becomes a blessing to your life. When you know how to handle God, when you know how to handle God's presence, when you know how to relate to God, when you know how to deal with God and you don't joke with God, you would only experience the blessing of God because the presence of God releases blessings into the lives of those who honor it. And I pray that in this house, you and I will learn how to honor the presence of God. So when David heard that, Obedidon's house had been blessed for three months because of the Ark of the Covenant. I'm sure, I mean, whatever blessing it was, the Bible did not stay, but I'm sure Obedidon built a new house. Possibly in those days they had cars. He would have had a Range Rover and some other cars. His business would have been going well. His children would have got scholarship to university or something, something, something. But things were going well for Obedidon. And then David said, the problem is not with the Ark. The problem was how we handled the Ark. So let's go back for the ark because if the ark can stay in someone's house for three months and be a blessing to the person, then if this ark comes into the middle of Israel, then it's going to be a blessing to us. Today I pray that the presence of God will be central in your life so that you can experience the blessing of God. So they went for the ark and this time they did it in the right way. And so David was so excited, he could not hide his joy. The Bible says he danced and he leaped, and I'm going to explain that in a bit. He danced and he leaped all around, and David was so excited that the presence of God was once again with them. And you know why David was excited about the presence of God? The Bible says in Psalm 16 verse 11, these are the things that show how David understood the presence of God. He says, you will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures evermore. In other words, what David is saying that, look, no matter the situation I find myself in, when I'm in the presence of God, there is what? Fullness of joy. I might be down, I might be depressed, but when I come into the presence of God, there is what? Fullness of joy. I might be sorrowful, but when I come into the presence of God, there is what? Fullness of joy. Things might not be going well, but when I come into the presence of God, there is what? Fullness of joy. I might not have money, but when I come into the presence of God, there is fullness of joy. I might have had an unfortunate news but when i come into the presence of god there's what fullness of joy david knew that no other place there's no other place than the presence of god to experience fullness of joy in psalm 51 verse 11 he says do not cast me away from your presence and do not take your holy spirit from me david knew that without the presence of god he was nothing 
And so he was excited the ark was coming into Israel because he says, do not cast me away, what? From your presence. And that is when he has sinned against God. He says, God, if you take anything away from me, not your presence. Because your presence is what defines my life. In Psalm 91 verse 1, he says, he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. David is saying that, look, when you dwell in the presence of God, you will come under this protective hand of God. You will come under the shade of God. And nothing evil shall work against your life. No weapon formed against you will prosper when you find yourself in the presence of God. When you wake up in the morning and the presence of God is your delight, no matter what they, they fire against you from your hometown or from wherever, it will not work against you because he who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. In Psalm 9 verse 3, he says, When my enemies stand back, they shall fall and perish at your presence. David says, that, Look, I don't have to fight my battles. I don't have to worry my head about my enemies. Because when they turn back, they shall fall and perish at your presence. So David understood that the presence of God was so valuable to his life and to the, the lives of the Israelites. And I pray that we will also see the value of God's presence. That if you are a man here, that you will see the value of God's presence and make sure your home is established in the presence of God. That if you are a business owner, you will make sure your business is established in the presence of God. Because that is the only way it will survive. That is the only way it will break through. That is the only way it will thrive. So can we also have a passion for God's presence like David? Oh, so that when you get to your, your workplace, the first thing you do is not to open the doors and start making calls. The first thing you do is when you open your doors, you begin to invite the presence of God in your business center. And say, Lord, I thank you for my work. I thank you that today the customers are coming. I thank you that the contracts are coming. I thank you, Lord, I invite you in this place. And when you finish praying, inviting the presence of God, play songs that accommodate the presence of God. Not some song that... And when people come, there's nothing about the presence of God in the place. And so the Bible says that David was so excited. And because he was excited that the presence of God had come once again to the people of Israel. Look at the verse 14. He says, then the Bible says that then David danced before the Lord with all his might. And David was wearing a linen effort. Look, look at the wording of the text. The Bible says that David danced before the Lord with what? All his might. The dance of David was an expression of praise. Because we express our praise to God in different ways. Through singing, through kneeling, through lying. I mean, some of you have never laid on, on, your, on, on the floor to, to give praise to God before. I pray that it will change your life. Amen. <laughs> But, but there are different expressions. And David was expressing his praise to God through dancing. But look at something. The Bible is not talking about just the dance. It's talking about how you did the dance. He says, he danced before the Lord with all his might. What? All his. Oh, can you preach with me? All his might. Not a part of it, but what? Everything. And what, what is teaching us here is that, look, God is not just interested in you expressing praise and adoration to him. He wants you to do it with what? All your might. So when we come to church and we are singing songs unto God and we are praising God, do it with what? All your might. Some of you, when we are praising God and we look at you, we get discouraged. Because like, 
we, we are singing a song. We lift our hands to the great I am. And then we lift our hands. Then you look at your phone a little. Then you turn around and look at someone's dress. And look at, like, nothing of your being is giving praise to God. But the Bible says David did it with what? All his might. Every part of his being was engaged in honoring God and in praising God. In fact, when you're coming to church, let me start hitting some, some buttons here. When you're coming to church, do you do it with all your might? Do you, do, you, do you prepare your things the day before? Or do you wake up very early on the day of service and say, look, I am going to the house of the Lord. Like David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. And you get everything ready. You say, look, people, we can't be late. We are going to church. We are going before the presence of God. I am doing it with all my might. And you put your everything in it and make sure that you get into the house of the Lord with all your might. I'm asking the question, do you come to the house of the Lord with all your might. David danced with all his might. Do you serve in the house of the Lord with all your might? You are in the choir. You are in the ushering department. You are in the stewards. Whatever department you find yourself, do you do it with all your might? Or is it like, oh, they said we should come, so we have come. It's rehearsal. Saturday is rehearsal. Oh, Saturday, it's time for us to come and clean the church. Or it's time for me to do this. Or, or some of you are not even serving with anything. So you, you haven't even started with your might. Let alone go all your might. Do you praise God with all your might? Do you serve God with all your might? Do you come before God with all your might? The Bible says David danced before the Lord with what? All his might. But the second part of the verse is very interesting. The Bible says, and David was wearing a linen effort. No, when the Bible puts the statements there, it's not for the fun of it. It's because God wants to draw attention to something. So the Bible says, and David was wearing a linen effort. Now, for those of us who don't know a linen effort, it was like some apron that the priest used to wear that day. I mean, it has a front side and a back side, and something at the shoulder holds it together. The reason why the Bible is putting this here is because David was a king. And David was supposed to be in the robe of a king. He was supposed to be in the dress of a king, which was usually purple. It was royalty. And when the king is coming, once you see the dress of the king, no one needs to tell you this is the king. This is the king. But look at David. David was going for the Ark of the Covenant of God. And David was dancing before the Ark of the Covenant of God. And the Bible says he was wearing a linen effort. Instead of wearing the king's dress, David was wearing the priest's dress. And so what David was saying is that, look, when I come before the presence of God, I don't come as a king. I come as a servant. Oh, some of you did not get that one. David says, when I come before the presence of God, I don't come with my status. I don't come as a professor. I don't come as a doctor. I don't come as the CEO of my company. I don't come as, as what the manager of the business that I'm in. I come as a servant. I come to minister before God. So many of us come before the presence of God with too many things. Our title, our beauty, our handsomeness, our position, our status, our prestige. David says, I put away my robe as a king and I put on the linen effort because before God, my position does not matter. I pray that in this church, and I believe God is going to elevate everyone in this place, and I pray that in this church, you will not be elevated and ever come before the presence of God, and when we are singing, you are rolling your keys. <laughs> when 
I used to be at the headquarters, sometimes I would just get so dismayed because someone would come to church and throughout the time that we are singing and worshiping, the person is like this. Like, and I'm wondering, like, is he doing this to the praise and worship people or he's doing this to God? Because too many people come into the presence of God and in their minds, I am this. But you are nothing. King David says that when I come before the ark of God, I am putting aside my position as king. I don't want people to even know that I am the king. I am wearing a linen effort. And if you want to understand this, the Bible says he danced before the ark. Now, this second time when we were going for the ark, the priest carried the ark because that's the right thing. So each of the priests were wearing linen efforts. And David was also wearing a linen effort and dancing before the ark. Now, not everyone in Israel knew David. Not everyone in Israel knew David was king. Because Israel was a big nation. Even in Ghana, not everyone knows Ekufuado is the king. It's what? President. Some time ago, they were doing a what? political campaign and then they went to one village and were shocked that they didn't even know them as like they are in Ghana but they didn't know that they were present. So not everyone knows until I point and say that oh this is the king. Now look at the scenario. I want you to picture it. There are about possibly about six priests carrying the Ark of the Covenant. They are all in linen white with an effort. And David is also in the white with the effort and dancing in front of the Ark. Assuming someone did not know David was king and David was dancing before the ark. Who would they think he is? They'll say, ah, this guy, I'm sure he's a choreographer. Choreographing before. Do, do you get it? Choreographing before the ark. And so David was like, look, when I come into the presence of God, I put away my status and I put myself on the same level as every other person that is coming. Because when we come into the presence of God, all that God sees us are his children. Nothing else. Oh, God does not see you as CEO. God does not see me as pastor. No, no, no. Those of you who think when I go before God, he sees, he sees me as a child. <laughs> it's only when he's giving me an assignment, he sees me as a pastor and tells me, you've got to do this work. But when I come and I'm worshiping God, God does not say, ah, this is Pastor Yuma. Let me receive his worship better. Because for you, some of you think that the pastor is closer to God than you, you are. But we are all on the same level. The same access. No, no. There, there isn't executive pass for you, executive pass for me. No. The same accent. So David says, I put away my robe and I come before God as a servant. Can we come before God from today with the heart of servants? And say that, look, I am putting away my beauty and I come before God just as I am. Because for some of you, you are so beautiful. When you put the palms on your face and you look in the mirror, like, you are. <laughs> Ooh, I'm beautiful. When you come into the presence of God and then we start singing and we are worshiping and the tears are coming like... <laughs> Because the tear must not drop on the pawns. Otherwise, the beauty will be affected. But there are people that have seen who have pawns on their faces and they have gone year upon year upon year and they don't have anyone to marry. And someone who does not even have a single lipstick on there, they are married and beautifully married and excited. It is not about the beauty. It is not about the pawns. It is about the presence of God that brings favor. So you put aside who you are. So, so David is before God. And he says, I come just as I am. But look at something. There was one person who was not happy. Every other person in Israel was happy. They were shouting for joy. They were excited about what God was doing. But one person was not happy. And that was Michal, David's wife. Saul's daughter. 
The Bible says that she was not happy and she despised David in her heart. So let's look at what Michal said about David in, in the same chapter, verse 16. It says, Now as the ark of the Lord came into the city of David, Michal, Saul's daughter, looked through a window and saw King David leaping and wailing before the Lord and she despised him in her heart. Then verse 20 says, then David returned to bless his household. And Michal, the daughter of Saul, came out to meet him, to meet David, and said, and this is, uh, uh, this, this, she's just trying to say the opposite of the whole thing. He says, how glorious was the king of Israel today? Uncovering himself today in the eyes of the maids of his servants, as one of the base fellows shamelessly uncovers himself. Can you imagine? After dancing and leaping before the Lord with all his might, the person who was supposed to encourage him, his wife, came and said, Oh, today, you did well, oh. Look at how you danced so gloriously. So she's making fun of him. And you uncovered yourself like one of the vain people. Can you imagine? And, and I, 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 I don't blame Mikhail. She's a sports girl. Because she was the daughter of a king. She was the daughter of Saul. And in the, in, the, in the kingdom protocol, she understood how kings behave. When kings are coming, they come straight with protocol. I mean, you can't even come near the king. The king does not dance and laugh in public. The king is very straight. He has to command a certain dignity and a certain respect. And, and, and Michal said, look, you were leaping and whirling before the Lord. And some of you might not understand, but I'm going to do something. And I want you to keep this image in your head. But don't laugh at me after I finish preaching. Because the Bible says that he was leaping and whirling. And, and the word leap in the Hebrew means you, you spring. You know what a spring is. You spring as if you are separating the limbs. So you spring as if your hands and your feet are falling apart. So this is, this is how they... Don't you laugh. This is how David was dancing. I, I don't know. Possibly it's nowhere near what David was dancing. But this morning I was trying to practice it. And I was, I was laughing at myself. But this, uh, this is... The, <laughs> he, he was leaping. As if the limbs were going to fall off. And that, that's how the Bible... So he was springing. And, and can you imagine the king of Israel doing this all the way and dancing? But the Bible says he did not just sleep. He was whirling before the Lord. And the whirling means that you go in a circular motion. So David was not satisfied with this. David was also doing this. So you can imagine that. And the Bible says he did it with what? All his might. So he, he will leap like this. Then he will whirl like this. Then he will leap like this. And he did that. So you can imagine he wasn't in his robe as a king. He was in a leaning effort. And so, in those days, it wasn't like the trousers we wear. It was a straight dress. So I'm sure whilst he was leaning, he didn't even care about what was happening with the dress. It was just falling all over. And Mika was looking at it from the window, from the top. And she could see, it's like, what is this guy doing? He's throwing his legs up and down. His hands are falling all over the place. The people are so excited all over. What is he doing? He's spinning. He's turning around. He's just jumping. And, and this word uncover means to remove or clear everything so that nothing is left. It actually indicates nakedness. But 
But what happened with David was not nakedness because I've heard some people preach that David danced to all his dresses, fell off, and then he was naked. No, no, David did not dance for all his dresses. The text does not say that. But what it's saying is that David uncovered himself. He took off his robe as king and placed upon himself the leaning effort and he danced with all his might and he didn't care what happened with any part of his body because David understood that when it comes to God, the only significant is God. Nothing else is significant. No one else is significant. After all, the people that we are talking about as dignified people, people, I mean, you, are, you see the person is CEO, when he passes by, his perfume can last for the next 60 seconds. The next five hours you hear and the person is dead and gone. Because you see, we are but like the flower and the grass that rises in the morning and fades by night. So when it comes to God, the only significance is who? God. So Mikhail was saying that you dress shamelessly, you, you uncovered yourself, you put away your kingship, and you began to dance all over the place in a way that is not even nice. In fact, this dance is not even nice. <laughs> You know, there's some dance, when you see the dance, you, if you don't know how to dance yourself, you want to dance. But what kind of dance is this? Jump all over and well around. It's possible that David could have even exposed certain parts of his body because of the might with which he danced. And so what Mikhail was saying to David is that today you were undignified. What Mikhail was saying to David was that today there was no dignity about you. And, and, and the word dignity means respect, esteem, worth. There was no worth. There was nothing that shows that you are king. There's nothing that shows you are my husband. I'm sure David wanted to marry otherwise. It's like, oh, this is the opportunity. Because when you read the final statement, he said that the handmaids by whom you are saying have been, have been what? Made undignified. They are the people that I'm going to honor. And David married some of them. And the Bible says, Michal never gave birth till her death. So David was dancing. He was praising God. He was sleeping before God. He was giving everything to God. But Michal said you were undignified. But look at David's response. David responded to Michal with five important statements. And that's what we're going to wrap up with. These five statements, the first one, he said, it was before the Lord. The second statement is, who chose me instead of your father and all his house to appoint me ruler over the people of the Lord over Israel? The third statement is that, therefore, I will play music before the Lord. The fourth statement is, and I will be even more undignified than this. And the fifth statement is, and I will be humble in my own sight. Can you imagine? And I know some of us are here. You are serving God. Some people are laughing at you, thinking you are a church girl, thinking nothing is going well for you. You keep on going to church. You keep on praying. You keep on serving God, and nothing is working for you. Look, I can tell you that David has someone who laughed at him, but David had the appropriate response. And I want us to take the first statement, not, not in the order in which David said it, but the fourth statement is the first one I want us to look at. He says, and I will be even more undignified than this. So Michal told David that you are undignified today. David says, I'll be more undignified than this. Can you imagine? David says, I'm not moved by what you are saying. You know. Look, I love you. You're a pretty girl. After all, Michal was given to another person to marry. And when David became king, he went to take her. He went to take her back. In fact, that's what they did to David. So it shows you that David really loved Michal. 
But he says, look, if, if this is your problem, then I'm going to be more undignified than this. And when David says, I'll be more undignified, what he's saying is that when it comes to God, I'll have no worth. In fact, I'll put aside all that I have, all that I am, and I'll make sure that it fades into insignificance. He says that, look, if you think that I've been undignified, wait, you haven't seen anything yet. Because the word dignity has to do with respect and esteem. It has to do with an appearance that counts. It has to do with a status. So when you when you are undignified, it means you lose your esteem, you lose your respect, you lose your comportment in the presence of God. You lose your status. Yeah, you lose your status. You forget about who you are. And I prayed that in this church. I went to one particular church. I was just amazed. The ushers were MDs, man, managing directors, and big men. They were the ushers standing at the gate ushering people. And I was, I was just so happy because the truth is that when people begin to rise in status and rank, they forget that God is more important than they are. So he says that I will be more undignified than this. And when David says that I will be more undignified than this, he says that, look, if you think that I danced and I uncovered myself, wait, I am about to dance proper when the act settles in Israel. And so when he says that I'll be more undignified, what he's saying is that, look, I will not be worried about what people are saying, but I will give my best to God. And today, I want to ask you the question, would you also be more undignified? In fact, let's start from the place. Would you be first undignified? When we come to church, would you not mind, would you not mind when we are singing and the song is really lifting you into the presence of God, would you, would you not mind whatever dress you are wearing and lay down and kneel down and lie down and fall down flat and say, look, I, I don't care about how I dirty my dress. I just want to be in the presence. Because for some of you, your liberty is found in just that act of undignified praise unto God. Can we also come to the point where we lose our dignity because of God? Can we come to the point where we don't care if we roll on the floor or cry uncontrollably or dance our hearts off so that when you come to church, when you come to, and sometimes we are concerned, the people that make us feel so bad about what we are doing in the house of the Lord are the same people with us in the house of the Lord. So when you come to the house of the Lord and you dance so much and, and, and someone is watching you with some eye, can you also say that, look, I'll be more undignified and say that, wait, you haven't seen anything yet. I am coming the following week at another dance that which, which will, will put you away. Can, can you, when you come to church and you lift your hands and you are singing and you are worshiping and someone is looking at you somewhere as if like, don't touch me, COVID, don't touch me, COVID. And, and, and you are lifting your hands and worship. Tell the person you haven't seen anything yet. The next time, I will not only lift my hands, I will lift my feet onto God and worship God. I will be more undignified than this. When you are coming to church and people are saying, as for you, why? You go to church on, on, on Wednesday evening, you come to church on Sunday, you go for rehearsal on Saturday, every program you are there, tell them you haven't seen anything yet. Wait till I bring my bed and come and sleep in the house of the Lord. I will be more undignified than this. You are telling yourself that I will not be moved by what people say. I will not be moved by what people think because when it comes to God, I am giving my everything to him. You know, one of the funny things is sometimes when I, when, when I meet some people and they ask me, so what are you doing? I say, I'm a pastor. Ah, you're a pastor. As if like being a pastor is like No, no, like, you didn't get anything. You're a pastor. Especially when they know you in school and they know what you're able to do. Yeah, you're a pastor. Oh, okay. Are you a full-time pastor? That's what kills them. 
Yes, I'm a full-time pastor. At a point, I, I wanted to answer myself because I, I lecture part-time. So when they ask, you know, in order to feel this, I tell I'm a pastor and I'm like, now I've told myself, look, I tell you I'm a pastor. If you have a problem with it, you haven't seen anything yet because I'm going to continue to pastor the people of God and I'm going to continue to do the work of God. You've got to be at that place where you are unashamed of what you do for God and who you are in the presence of God. And when you come, you put aside everything and you worship God and you exalt God and you lift God on high and you make God worthy of the praise that he deserves. Can I get some people in this house who from today decide that I want to be more undignified? Oh, yes. I want to praise God. You know what? We're going to pray today and you tell God that God, take away anything that makes me feel like I don't want to shake myself out. And I want to give my best to you. Now look at the second statement David says. It says it was before the Lord. It was before the Lord. And it shows us the motive. David said, look, you think the dancing that I was doing, I was doing for myself. No, 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 I wasn't doing it for myself. I was doing it before the Lord. You think the dancing I was doing, I was doing to show skills. No, I wasn't doing to show any skills. After all, what you saw, you, you can't even see any skill in it. I was doing it before the Lord. He says that I was not dancing to please any man. So what I'm doing in the house of the Lord, I'm not doing to please any man. Yes, he was not dancing to please himself. He was not dancing to show off his skills. He was not dancing to draw attention to himself. He was not dancing to attract people to himself. He was dancing with only one audience in view. That is God. Can we come to church from today and the only audience we seek to honor and please is God. The only person, look, I don't care about the people around me. It is just God. It's just God. He is the reason why I have come. We are too conscious about the people around us and what they think about us. Can you come from today and say it is before the Lord? That the only audience I want to have is who? God. He's the only one I'm displaying before. Yeah. Because we worry about who is going to see me show my latest skills. I was going to see me cry. I mean, what is wrong with crying in the presence of God? What is, what is wrong with laying before the presence of God? He says, it was before God. When you understand that it's before God, you don't care what another man thinks. Yeah, you don't care what you have on, your dresses, your shoes, your makeup. You don't care about it. You give off your best and nothing less. You do it with every part of your being, your body, your soul, your spirit, your might, your strength. Now look at the third statement David makes. He says, who chose me instead of your father and all his house to appoint me ruler over the people of the Lord? David says that, look, you have a problem with my dancing. I danced before the Lord who chose me instead of your father. Now, this is what David is saying. David is saying, that, look, this position that I find myself in is a privileged position because it could have been someone else in my position and God chose me and he appointed me. If God chose me and he appointed me, then I am not going to do anything less for God. Some of you, you see yourself and you think that it's because you, are, you did something that you are in the position you find yourself in. No, no, no. It's because God chose you. Yeah. It's because God appointed you. 
Sometimes I sit in the car and when I'm driving, I see someone and the person looks so much like another big man that I know. And I, do you know, the, the thought that always comes to my mind when I see, and it's not just happened once, twice, it's happened on different occasions. The thought that comes to my mind is that this big man could have been this person on the street. They look so alike, but they are two, two worlds apart. One is on the street, struggling. The other one is in a certain comfort zone. I tell myself, this big man could have been this one on the street. This one on the street could have been that big man. It is God who chose me. It is God who appointed me. Some of you think it's because of your beauty you are married. It's not because of your beauty you are married. It's just because God favored you. It's, it's only because God favored you. Some of you think that, oh, no, no, it's because I did this. That's why I have beautiful kids. If not, if, what did you do? Some of you think, oh, because I'm taking my kids to this school and that school, that's why they are doing well. Some people have taken their schools, their kids to schools that are far beyond the schools that you have taken your kids and they are not doing anything well. It is God who chose me. It is God who appointed me. No, 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 it's not you. No, it's not because you went to a good school that I speak good English. You could have, I, I, sometimes I laugh at my wife and I tell her that, look, she was in the village and they brought her to the city. And now she speaks English and like people think that like she was born in the city. I told her, I told her the last time that like, you should thank God that they brought you to the city. <laughs> like by now you'd have been some girl in the village who, did, who doesn't even know how to spell there. <laughs> no, no. And, and, and so she can't ever come to the place and think that it's because I went to this school. It's because I did this. You, you never did anything. It was God who had a plan and purpose for your life and decided to move your parents and move you from where you were and bring you into the city. It is God who chose you. It is God who appointed you. It is God who brought you this far. It is God who has put you in that position. It's God who gave you that business. It's God who gave you that spouse. It's God who has given it to you. So when you come before God, forget about everything you have and say, it is God who chose me. It is God who appointed me. Yeah. It is God. People have applied for jobs and jobs and jobs for three years. They haven't gotten any job. You applied and got it's not because your CV was good. No, no, no. It's not because your CV was the best. It's not because you passed the interview. In fact, when you go for the interview results, you realize you failed. But God chose you. God appointed you. God made it happen for you. So many people have applied for the contract. You didn't even apply for it. Someone called you for the contract. It is God who chose So can you be more undignified before God? David says that some, it could have been Saul, but God chose me. Look at the, 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 the last but one statement. He says, therefore, I will play music before the Lord. The old King James says, therefore, I will play before the Lord. And, and the word play means you make merry, you rejoice, and, and even to the extent of making mockery. And, and the understanding here is that David says, that, look, I will use my gifts that God has given to me, my abilities. He says, I'll play music before the Lord, but I'm going to do it in a way that makes merry before the Lord. So first of all, I'm going to use my abilities. I'm going to use my gifts to serve God, to honor God. So, so Mikhail, if you have a problem, look, I was first a musician before I became a king. Oh. David says, look, I was first a musician. I used to play in the bush side with the lions and the bears and with the sheep were my congregation. And I used to play for them and they never clapped and they, they never sang. So look, I perfected the art of dancing before God without any human being. So in this moment that I become a king, I am not going to put away what I used to do before God, before he made me king. I will continually pray, play before the Lord. I will play my music before the Lord. I will exalt the Lord. I will adore the Lord. I will use what he has given to me. 
Never come to the place in your life and say that now I am this. So I, I, I mean, the sweeping in the church is for the small boys and the small girls. Oh, the singing is it's, 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 we when we come, we will support the church with our money. Oh, yeah, yeah. We, we will sign the checks and make sure the church goes. But all oh, these things, oh, no, no, this is what, no, no, no. Never come to that place. As a matter of fact, when God prospers and blesses you beyond your imagination, drive your range and come and pack it in front of the church. Remove your suit and take the broom and sweep and say, it is before the Lord who chose me. That I'll be more undignified. Your friends will say, ah, but you, right now, Charlie, at your level, you have PAs, you have whatever, you travel all over the world, and why is it that you still go to that church and arrange church? Tell them that, look, I will still play before the Lord. So I want to ask you some questions. What are you doing with what God has graced you with? How are you using what God has placed in you? Are you using your abilities and skills to honor God or to serve your own interests? Some of you, God needs the skills you are using out there. Your IT skills, your engineering skills, your analysis, uh, analytic skills. Whatever skills you have, God needs it in the house of God. But you are only using it to make money. He says, bring it and use it in the house of God and don't charge us. Did, did I just preach to you? Yeah. Because some of you, we need your skills more. Now. Okay, pastor, oh, it's, it's going to cost you this and that. And look, let me tell you something. If God, God did not give you the opportunity to get the skill, you wouldn't even have the skill in the first place. No, no, I'm not saying that don't do business. But the, the house of God in which you are planted should be a beneficiary of the grace of God and the skills that God has given to you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, and, I, and that's one of the things I thank God for Vic. when she's doing something for the church when she's doing it at, at the headquarters nothing, just get the things I'll come and do it with all my might with my whole time and get it done that is what we want to see, use your abilities and your skills to serve and honor God and the final thing he says, and, and let me ask this final question, is God benefiting from the investments he has made in your life is God benefiting from it the very final thing that he says is that, and I will be humble in my own sight. So David realizes that humility is very key to living an undignified life, a more undignified life. He says that, look, and, and the, word, the word humble in the King James means, means depressed or lowly. So what David is saying is that I will lower myself when it comes to God. His position, his status, and his personality is subject to God. And, and like the 24 elders in Revelation 4 verse 9 to 11, the Bible says, whenever the living creatures give glory and honor and thanks to him who sits on the throne, who lives forever and ever, the 24 elders fall down before him who sits on the throne and they worship him who lives forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne saying, you are worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power for you created all things and by your will they exist and were created. These are elders in the presence of God. They are, they, are not, they are not messengers. The Bible says these are the 24 elders that sit around the throne of God. But look at what they do. Anytime glory is given to God, they cast their crowns. And they bow before God. And they worship God. Do you know what they are saying? They are saying, look, God, when it comes to you, our eldership is nothing. Oh, let me put my crown down and bow before God. And the Bible says they do this day and night. So you can imagine the crown that is on their head, it doesn't even sit on their head. 
Anytime glory is being given to God, they put their crown down and they bow before God and they worship God. Anytime glory is given to God, they put their crown down. Can you also put your crown down? Can you also become humble in your own sight? Then he says, this humility, it is not a humility that I want someone to tell me. I want to be humble in my own sight. No wonder the Bible says there was no king like David. No one. No king like David who did all that God wanted him to do. As a matter of fact, there's only one person in scripture that the Bible says he's a man after God's own heart. David. He says, I will humble myself. And one of the things I pray and tell God, that God, help me never to become proud, to always be humble, no matter what you do in my life. Oh yeah, I know, I know I'll be preaching all over the world and you'll be watching me on television and internet and everything. But, but, but God, help me that no matter where I go, I will always be humble and honor you. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that, that even when I, when I go to the U.S. and I preach in, in the Potter's house or preach at some other church, when I come back to Ghana after my preaching assignment, I will still come to your house and still talk to you and still love to you. I'll still come to the presence of God and I will kneel down and I will bow down and I will lie down and I say, Lord, I worship you. I don't want to be like one of the pastors and, and I'm not passing judgment against anyone, but I don't want to be like a pastor who comes into the presence of God and feels that the worship time is for the congregation. We are waiting to come and preach. No, no, no. I am part of what God is doing and I want to kneel down and I want to lift my hands and I want to worship God. Can you also be humble in your own sight? Today, God wants us to be more undignified when it comes to him. God wants us to put aside anything that will make us not give him the worship and the praise that is due him. So I'm asking you today, are you willing to be, first of all, undignified in the presence of God? And secondly, are you willing to be more undignified? And I pray that God will give us that heart that no matter what happens, wherever we find ourselves, when it comes to God, he will be the only significant in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. I want to do just close your eyes in a moment and talk to the Lord and tell the Lord, Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for your word. I thank you for your word. Help me, Lord. Kodaba Shadaba. There's just this one prayer I'm going to pray that, Lord, you are all that matters. Tell the Lord, Lord, help me to know that you are all that matters. Help me to know that you are all that matters. Help me to know, Lord, that you are all that matters. Kodaba Shadaya. Help us, Lord, to know that you are all that matters. Help us to make you more significant in our lives than any other person, any other thing. I want you to pray this prayer. When we pray, it is an agreement with God to help us to be able to do what we can't do by ourselves. We are saying, Lord, we lean on you to help us to be able to do what we can't do by ourselves. So you want to lift up your voice and talk to the Lord. Even as the worship team sings the song, just lift up your voice and talk to the Lord to help you to, to come to the place where you know that he's all that matters. He's all that matters. He's all that matters. He's all that matters.